God speaks to us on Sundays and during the week and even through Facebook, right? And, and He speaks to us because He cares for us, not so that we can walk through life and be just completely self-indulgent all the time, but so that we walked out a changed life that can go out and help change other lives. So today, I, I encourage you, if, if it's during worship or during the message or during the words that have been given and the encouragement and exhortations that we've heard, that the things that God has shown you, you do something with it. You do something with it. it it's like money. Money is worth nothing unless it's used. Right? Now, it, to handle your money in a godly way, Financial Peace University can help with that. On Wednesday nights at 6.30 here at the church. But the things that God speaks to you or things that God gives you is not worth much until you use it. So use the things that you've heard this morning. It feels interesting being in here today because uh, last week we were in the Grove, in the park. Uh, the week before we weren't here, so I feel like I haven't been here in, in a year or two. And it's only been a couple weeks. But, um, but it's good to be here to get today to worship together as a family. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, we've been in Acts, and Acts, again, is where we're going to be for a long time, but what I've been getting out of the book of Acts is just a reminder and an encouragement to ensure that the church continues to be the church as God intended it to be. Not, it, not to be careful to not allow it to become something that is not the way God designed it to be. So as I look through the book of Acts, and I see how the Holy Spirit is here with us now, and as you read through the, through, through the, it, the Acts, is called the Acts of the Apostles, but others will refer to it as Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's with us now. But what happens is we'll get caught up in doing church, and then what happens is we push the Holy Spirit out of the church many times because of the agendas. And the, uh, we have something called a order of service that the team will use to make sure we're staying on task and, and that you know, this song's five minutes and this one's four minutes and then there's two minutes for uh, announcements. And, and then we try to... But what happens is that that's all good. This is our offering. We're going to try to do this to the best of our ability. He's given us talents and gifts, and we're going to present it back as an offering. But here's our offering, God. Do today with it as you please. And as the Holy Spirit ministers and speaks through different ones, we want to honor the Holy Spirit in our services. That's why you've seen people come up with a word or a word of encouragement, something that God's put in their heart or, 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 or a revelation that they've come upon. That's the Holy Spirit moving in their lives, and, and they really feel led to share it with us. So we want to honor that, and we want to really receive it for all that it's worth. I want us to be, forget what I want, God wants us to be a New Testament church. One that, that fully is directed and led by the Holy Spirit, which is very equal and is the equal to God Himself. God the Father God the Son, God, Holy Spirit. Let's uh, get into the message this morning. 
So Acts is the history of the New Testament church as told by Luke and a guide to us in the New Testament as the New Testament church. And in the New Testament church, there's a few attributes that we should see. There's lots of them, but here's four that we'll cover over the next few weeks. I'll be preaching this week and next, and then we have another special speaker. He's very special in our lives because we call him Dad, but uh, Pastor Doug Sr. will be preaching in, in about three weeks. And then uh, we have a special guest coming to, to minister to us and preach to us in September, um, and uh, that's Philip Mutzelberg will be with us too. I, I also want to make note of things that are coming up is the first Sunday in September, say September 4th. September 4th, we as New Testament Church are going to be joining with other churches, the Church of Woodland, at uh, the fairgrounds. And we're going to do church at the fairgrounds on September 4th at 9.30. Because we aren't a church unto ourselves, we're a church called to be disciples, believers, impacting a community. And there's other churches right now getting together, uh, worshiping the same God. Praising Him for all who, uh, that He is. Many are even having communion on this Sunday. And we're going to join together with them on September 4th and worship together. Celebrate our dad together. So mark your calendar, September 4th at 9.30 out at the fairgrounds. But as a church, as this church, there's, there's four attributes that I want to look at over the next several weeks. And that is the New Testament church will experience seasons. The New Testament church will experience the supernatural. The New Testament church will experience and see salvations. And the New Testament church will perform acts of service. So there's four things I want to look at. A season, supernatural, salvations, and service. These are things that are are attributes of a New Testament church. Today we're going to talk about seasons. We might get into the supernatural some. Um, But when we talk about seasons, what do you think of? Fall, right? Falls around the corner. Uh, weather, weather, summer, winter, spring. Seasons are an interesting thing because, uh, well, my experience, I, do you guys ever get spring fever? I didn't know what spring fever was until I was a little older. I was still a student, but it was the time of year that I just got totally distracted. I mean, I... I we had a school here, and I can remember sitting in, a, in my desk, and, and somewhere along that wall, I had a desk. might have been right over here, but kind of behind Becky. And, and I remember sitting at the desk. It was against the wall, and there were cubicles. You did your own work at your own uh, pace. And in fact, they were called paces. And, and so uh, um, my pace in, in springtime slowed down dramatically. Because the sun would start shining and the weather was beautiful and I could look out that window and see trees. And, and I'd get very distracted. So I would, my, my goal or my job as a student was to learn. But then I entered into a new season and in that season I would get distracted and not learn. And, and so that was a season I struggled with, was spring. And, and, and there's still things, I still things that I struggle with when it comes to spring, and that is I, I like to get out and do adventures. So if I find myself just doing the same thing over and over and over again, and the weather turns nice where you can get out and do things, that's what I generally want to do. But when we also talk about seasons, we go through seasons of life. 
And sometimes we go through seasons of learning and different learning. There's different seasons that we'll go through as Christians. And there's seasons that we'll go through as a New Testament church. I want you to consider what season are you in right now in your life. Now, is summer bad? Is spring bad? Is fall bad? Is winter bad? No. In fact, they're all very necessary. And I would tell you seasons are necessary. Sometimes we enter into seasons in our life and now it was bad for me to get distracted in what I was supposed to be doing. But there are seasons in our life and when we enter into these seasons of life, we ought not to get distracted. We ought not to be ashamed that we've changed seasons in life. What we ought to do is keep our eyes focused upon the Lord and what He has given us to do. What's the first thing He's given us to do? And that is to worship Him and praise Him above all other things. Above ministry, above job, above family. We're to worship Him. Because we can have a season of employment. And then we can have a season of unemployment. We could have a season of plenty and we could have a season of little. We go into... Uh, Ecclesiastes, right? Talks about seasons. King Solomon, a very wise man. He knew a lot. And he wrote in Ecclesiastes 3.1, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to, to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to or taken away from it. God's purpose is that people should fear Him. God's purpose is that people should fear Him. This isn't a a tremble and be scared of, of God, but to respect Him for who He is. And what He's done for us and what He has created. And the fact that He has ordained time. When you, when you go through and you look at the, the word season in, in the Old Testament and you, you study the, the Hebrew, what it actually comes down to say is this. It's, in a, it's a, an appointed time. So we as a church, we will go into seasons and come out of seasons, and we'll enter into new seasons. You as individuals, you'll go into seasons and you'll come out of seasons, and you'll enter into new seasons. 
But if you will keep your eye upon the Lord, what you'll see is that these become appointed times in your life for your growth, for your development. Don't be afraid of the season that you're in. Keep your eye fixed upon God and and say, God, I'm with you in spite of the season. I do not want to be distracted because of the season. I've been in church most of my life, as you know, or all my life, and and I've seen people, they will enter into seasons, and because of the season they're in, they become distracted and they'll walk away from the church. Have you seen that? Maybe you've been in the season where, where things were good. You got, and I, you see this a lot in a new believer. They get saved and, and, and they're just really hooked up with God. I mean, it's like, wow, everything. God is so awesome because when you come into that salvation experience, your life is changed and you see that and you experience it and it's wonderful and it's awesome. And you're on this trajectory where I'm just growing and I'm growing and I'm growing. And then you hit this, this new season. It's a season where your, your growth maybe doesn't seem as, as fast. It, it, I liken it to, to watching a, 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 well, when you watch things grow, if they are constantly growing really, really fast, they will grow weak in the natural, whether it be a tree or a plant. If it grows fast and it doesn't have a time to allow its roots just to go deeper and deeper and deeper, it will grow weak and it will die. And what happens, though, is you were so used to the growth, you loved the growth, and all of a sudden you kind of hit this spot, a new season. And it wasn't as fun or energetic or enthusiastic as the season you're just coming out of. And there tends to be a wandering. But no, don't wander. That's the season where it's time for your roots to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And then there's a time for growth, and then there's a time for your roots to go down. And then there's time for growth again, and then there's time for roots to go down. And those are the different seasons that we'll go into. We as a church, we've had seasons of transition, right? A year and a half ago, we went through major transition. In fact, in some ways, it was one of the biggest transitions we've been through as a church in many, many years. Because yes, we've had different pastors, but really not all that different. And then you get Dougie, and he's a little different. It was a new season, a season of transition. But then, and then you hit a season of, of maybe one, wondering, hopefully not wandering. But I sense that we're heading into a new season as a church. I'm excited about the new season, but I'm going to tell you, count the cost and be ready. Prepare yourself for the new season. Take up your armor because it's going to be a season of warfare. It's going to be a season of battle. But what's so awesome about it, we already know what happens at the end of that season. Tremendous victory. Seasons. Seasons are an attribute of a New Testament church. In Acts chapter 9, Paul, at that time still Saul, had just been saved. That road to Damascus experience we talked about last week, and it was radical. And he was radical as an individual. His very makeup was a radical man. And, and so he went out and he just started preaching the gospel, the truth. He was like, hey, that Christ 
that we thought was a fake was real, and you need to buy in on it. And he's sharing this with all his friends. You know, he had, he had access to the synagogues, and so he could go into the synagogues and, and start sharing this with them, and they weren't wanting to hear that, and they would really get upset. In fact, they got so upset at the time, they, they sought to kill him. And so, so the disciples of that time and where he was at were able to kind of uh, lower him down out a window, it says, in, in, uh, and it was probably a little higher up than this window the outside, but they lower him out of the window and so he could be uh, in the dark of night escape. I had a comic book that I used to read, and in there was him getting a, it was a modern day version of, modern day 40 years ago, version of Paul's escape, and he was escaping by helicopter. I don't think that happened in the scripture, but that's how the comic book portrayed it. But they tried to help him and, and help him get away. So he gets away and he runs to Jerusalem. And he meets up with the disciples in Jerusalem. And when he gets there, remember, these are the same disciples that Saul was trying to kill or persecute or imprison. And so they were a little bit nervous about this guy showing up. Maybe he was trying to infiltrate their, their church. The believers were getting together and, and meeting regularly. And now here comes Saul and, and maybe he's a traitor that's trying to get in. But as they started to hear by confirmation through Barnabas, Barnabas that he was actually okay, this is what happened to him on the road to Damascus, and he shares testimony. Testimony's good, right? So, so he shares testimony what happened to Saul, and they say, okay, well, great. So then Saul goes with them, and they're preaching around the, the uh, area, around Jerusalem, and, and as he's preaching to the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Jews at the time, they got very angry with him and tried to kill him. So if you, if you look through Acts, what's been going on is that, you know, Jesus ascends and then he sends the Holy Spirit. Pentecost happens and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they go boldly out and they start preaching the good news that, that Christ that you crucified is our Savior. In spite of what you might believe, he is our Savior. He did rise again in three days, and he has gone home to be with his Father. And we need to believe in Jesus Christ. That is truth. That is what was happening. And then it came under great attack, though. They were in this season of great attack where, where they were being arrested for their beliefs. Uh, people were seeking to kill them. Stephen was stoned to death. There was all this tumult and all this hard uh, time going on in that first part of Acts. But then they entered into a new season. In Acts chapter 9, verse 32, you, I get to this place, and as I was reading it, I almost took an audible sigh of relief myself. Oh. And it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. They had sent Paul away to Tarsus uh, to go up there and continue to grow and develop. And, and, and then the church, it says in the next verse, the church then had peace. The church then had peace. They entered into a new season. It's like, wow. That must have been amazing for them. It didn't change what they were doing, but the season they were in had changed. What I learned from it was this, is that when I go into different seasons, I ought not change that which God is showing me to do 
just because the season of my life changed. Well, some would say, no, I need to change what I'm doing because I'm in a new season. Well, you might need to change your agenda. You might need to change what you are doing, but what God has directed you to do ought not to change. Because what you see happens even in this season of peace, there's still people being healed. There's still people being raised from the dead. The scripture is still being proclaimed. Truth and the gospel is out there amongst the people and they're being saved and people are being added to the church by the droves. That didn't change. Just the season changed. Well, some would say, well, I've seen seasons where I've seen growth in the church and I've seen seasons when there hasn't been growth in the church. I don't know that the growth and the no growth has to do with the season as much as it has to do with the distraction of the season. What season are you in and is it distracting you from that which God's called you to do? We are to be His disciples, not just in the seasons of growth, not just in the seasons of little. We're supposed to be His disciples all the time. We as believers need to consider what season we're in. We all experience change and and transition in life. Sometimes life is exciting and dynamic and we feel on top of the world. At other times, we just want to go away and escape the situations. As King David said, Oh, that I could fly away with wings like a dove. Have you ever been there? It gets hard and, oh, I wish I could just fly away. Snap my fingers and be somewhere else. Do the uh, uh, wiggle my nose and be somewhere else. I mean, Philip talking to the Ethiopian and he's gone and he's elsewhere. There's times I would love to have been able to do that. I don't think I'm alone in that. We must understand the seasons. If we do not understand that there are seasons in life, we may draw the wrong conclusions about what is happening in our lives or the reasons for it. God has a plan and a purpose to make your life beautiful. And don't go to that place of, I'm not worthy to be beautiful. No, He has made you worthy. And He has purpose to make you beautiful. God has us in a process. We can't see the scope of God's work from beginning to end because we're short-sighted. But He has a process. No matter what season you are in, no season lasts forever. Good news for those that are in tough seasons No season lasts forever. When you're just tired of the 100 degree days, know that fall is coming. When you're tired of the rain, know that spring will be around the corner. No season lasts forever. Change of seasons is not a sign, though, that we are a good or a bad person. So here's some truths about seasons I want you to consider. No matter what season you are in, no season lasts forever. And then change of seasons is not a sign that you are good or a bad person. Next, never let the season you are in define who you are. I've been talking about this already this morning. What season are you in? Don't let the season define you. You are defined by your Father. 
And then, what are some things that we need to do as believers? I, I alluded to it earlier. We need to build consistency in our life, regardless of the season. Whether I feel really, really uh, good in my walk, or where maybe I feel a little bit crooked in my walk, whatever that might be, what are some things that you will do in your life to build consistency, regardless of the season you're going through? I mean, one that I would say you really probably should consider is going to church on Sundays. That's a consistent thing that, that can be there. Why do you go to church? That's a question you need to ask yourself. I asked somebody this recently, why do you go to church? And they couldn't really answer me. And then my heart broke. I thought, wow, well, we need to know why we go to church. Because if we don't know why we go to church, then we don't know why we miss church. We need to go to church because guess what? This is where our family is. This is also called the body of Christ. And when I don't go, then I'm like the pinky finger and I'm missing that day. Or the opposable thumb. And they can't pick up anything without me. Or or maybe I'm the, the toe, even bruised, but I'm the toe. Whatever I might be, I'm a part of the body. And when I'm God, the body lacks. And when I look around and, and some of my uh, pieces are, of the body are missing, I f- should feel like I'm lacking. So we need to know why we go to church. We go to church to be family, to worship together, to lift one another up, to disciple one another, to support one another. We need to build some consistency in our lives, regardless of what season we're in. The other thing that we, we, we need to do as believers is Regardless of the season, we need to know that we can learn something in every season. It says, from glory to glory, He changes us. He's working out salvation within us. How does that happen? Well, as we have these consistencies in our lives, it helps us to be in a place where we can continuously grow regardless of the season. We can continuously be learning regardless of the season. And then prepare for the next season. What is, I said earlier, I believe as a church we're entering into a new season. Not because fall's coming. I'm not talking about the weather. I'm talking about what I believe God's been showing me as I would pray and intercede about the church. I believe we're entering into a new season. I've been thinking about, well, what do we do to prepare for this new season? Well, the thing that's just burning within me right now is we need to start raising up intercessors. Not, not that we all can't intercede and pray, but we need people that are, that are just called to intercede and be intercessors in the church. It's such a need because there's so much hurting that goes on in life. Dina and I, as we are talking with people in the church and outside of the church, what we find is that there's, there's so much hurt and there's so much sin and there's so much um, damage that happens in people's lives. And it's, and it's not that it's just because they did something wrong. Yes, they may have done something wrong, but the enemy's been attacking them. He gets in their head and starts putting thoughts in their head. He's done it to us, and maybe he's doing it to you still where he's, he's spreading lies. Remember, he seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And then when we don't have those consistencies 
and behavior in our life where we're continuously in church, continuously in the Word, continuously discipling or being discipled, what happens is then we start to hear these things that are not of God. Remember, God is good all the time. But then we start to hear things that aren't good, and we start to, start to let that cause us to, to veer off track. And then we end up wandering from the church, or wandering from God even. But as we've been talking with people in and outside the church, we begin to see the damage that's going on in our own community. I was visiting with some pastors earlier in the week, and then uh, they had put a po- podcast out there, and I was listening to it. It was about th- this battle that goes on between, uh, should I go to church or should I take my kids to sports? And, and the fact that there's this, there's this struggle and there's tension in, the, in society as to whether or not, you know, what's more important, the sport event and, and having my kid there or church? And, 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 it, and yeah, the church would love to probably say, well, you need to be in church. But that's not our heart. Our heart is that we want you to be in church. And we want you to want to be in church. It's not that shame on you for not going to church and, and you're going to have a, you know, a, a black mark in heaven because you didn't go to church on, what is today, August 7th, 2016. No, that's not it. And so, but we start looking at some of those things and that to me is an issue, but it's not sometimes the biggest issue in people's lives. The biggest issue in people's lives at times is that they're really hurting and they're really damaged and they really need to know that the church truly loves them. And when they really come into, and our, and our mission statement as a church is to discover the reality of God's love. When they come into that discovery and that revelation of how much God truly loves them, then they'll want to be in church and they'll want their kids in church because it's so real that you know what? Baseball can take a break because God can't. Because when they're at their deepest struggle in life as an adult, guess what? Knowing how to throw a fastball isn't going to help them. But God will. (laughs) I'm meddling a little bit. I'm a parent, so I understand the struggle. I'm not telling you I don't. I I completely get it. I I, I understand it. You want to... You want to do all you can for your children, but you can't give them anything more than, that's, that's greater than, I should say, a demonstration of true love for a Savior, for a Father that they need to experience and need to know. I, I don't want to get off on that tangent, but there's, consider, why do we go to church? Consider consistencies in your life. Consider that there is definitely needs out there, and when we get distracted by seasons and we're not able to minister to the needs because of our distractions. Seasons. New Testament church will go through seasons. This one will go through a season, and then when that season passes, there will be another one. When we enter, enter into the next season, we all should be as a church, as a family, as the body of Christ, be active, be engaged in the season that we enter into. Because if we don't, then we won't grow in that season. And if we don't grow as individuals in our walk with Christ in that season, then the next season we may be ill-prepared for. 
There are seasons of fruitfulness. And there are seasons of hard labor. I was talking with a farmer this morning. And there's a season of shaking trees coming up maybe this week. We enter into seasons. There's seasons where you water and you tend or you plant. But then there is a season that you watch and you let God make it grow. And then there's a season of harvest. But the season of harvest still requires labor. We can be confident that God is working things out for our good, no matter how things are going in our external world. God's main purpose is to prepare and form us for eternity, to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Wow, I didn't realize what time it was. Here's the truth, though, I want you to hang on to. I've said this over and over again, that you as an individual, there's not one in here that is not capable of being created and being developed in the image of Christ. Every one of you has the ability, not on your own, but has the ability to be Christ-like. In chapter 12, there's a church in Antioch. The first place they called the believers Christians because they saw in them a Christ-likeness in their life. You have the opportunity to embrace Christ for what He did for you and who He is to be like Him if you let Him work out your salvation. From glory to glory, He'll change you. Through seasons, He'll change you. This, the, the next part of this that I won't really get to today is, is all about the supernatural. And, and, and I, this morning, I want us to experience some of that even in this service. Here's, somebody said, talked about faith earlier today, and that we need to, to step out in faith and, and, and activate our faith. What's it mean to activate your faith? I, I think this is part of the season that we're heading into. It's a season of active faith. Where, where you're at work and you're praying for someone's healing and they're healed. What's the faith part of it? The faith is that you actually believed enough to stop and pray for them. That you stepped out in faith believing. I believe enough that God can heal that I'm going to pray for your healing and you're going to find healing. Regardless of the season you're in, supernatural things still will happen. People will be healed. Remember, they entered into the church, entered into a time of peace. The very next thing that goes on in in Acts chapter 9 is Peter enters the scene again and he goes... Uh, and he goes to a man named Aeneas. He had been paralyzed for eight years. And he gets healed. That's, that happened and can still happen. But it's kind of like the verse I read last week that I think it's in Thessalonians where it talks about uh, cleaning out all the dark corners 
of your life. Some of those dark corners in life are are unbelief. As a New Testament church, have we gotten to a place where we have a dark corner of unbelief? Do we believe he can still, still heal? Yeah. I see a lot of head nodding. Then we need to activate our faith in that. Believing and doing. Not believing alone, but believing and doing. The very next story then is the story of Dorcas. I know it's a funny name when I was a teenager. I laughed at it too. But she had died. She was a believer. She loved Jesus. And she died. And she was one of those that people loved her because of what she did. They called Peter to go and see her and as he's going to see her, there's people at the house and they're saying, look at she made this for me. And they would hold up a piece of clothing and she made that for me. And she's a wonderful lady and they're so upset because she died. They were heartbroken. Peter goes up and he goes beside her and prays. Then he looks at her and commands her to, to wake up. She looks at him, opens her eyes, looks at him. What would happen? What is going to happen when that becomes our faith activated in this community amongst these people? You won't be able to contain that season. Are you ready? Have you cleaned out the dark corner in your life? Because that verse goes on to say, if you clean out the dark corners in your life, then your life will shine radiant as if a uh, floodlight was shining in your life and you would radiate to everybody around you. What are the dark corners that you need to repent of? And I've been there. God, I repent Forgive me for my unbelief. It wasn't that long ago. I, it, it crept in. Forgive me for my unbelief. An attribute of the New Testament church is a supernatural one. Where, where you'll see visions and you'll dream dreams and you'll see people healed and, and you'll hear the prophetic and God will speak to you and you'll hear it not only for yourself but for those around you. Would you all stand with me this morning? Do you desire to be a New Testament church? Do you desire to go beyond just being swayed by the season? God has created you with the capacity to be like Him. I've said this so many times in the last year and a half. I'm going to say it until I die. God has created you with the capacity to be like Him. Do you desire that? Do you want to be Christ-like? 
you need help. I just feel like we're stuck. And I believe there's somebody here this morning. You feel stuck. You feel like you can't get to another level. You feel like the level you're at is the level you're destined to live in until you go to be with Him. And I would tell I would tell you, no, you're wrong. Let us help you with that. Let us pray with you over that. Who who in here is is in that place? If you bow your heads and just I would I want to know who it is that's in that place. Just raise your hand. You feel stuck. You know there's another level for you, but you feel stuck in the one that you're at. Now look at me. Look at look at me. God wants to take you to that next level and he is making you worthy to do so. And we're here to help you with that and partner with you in that. I, 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 we're, we're small this morning, so I'm going to ask you if you could come join me up here. I know who you are. Come on up and come join me. And we're going to pray with you and believe that it's time to go to the next level. I'm going to have you all stand over here if you would. Just over here to the left. Hallelujah. They are asking and they are saying, we're at a level and we want to go to another level. They're saying, I want to go to another level in Christ. That's, that should be praised and, I mean, that's admirable. That's awesome because God will take you to a whole other level. You don't have to be stuck in the season that you're in and at that level. Regardless of the season, He can take you to a whole other place in your walk. Come on up here, brother. He'll take you to another place. He'll take you to that place where lives are changed.